You know, we've been so busy with the election, other news has been put in the back burner. Uh, we have lost two major figures in our culture. Considering I made a podcast on Monday that was really long, I think I probably will shorten this one up. That's a lie. It's going to be just as long. Not an hour long, but it's going to be long. I just want to say rest in peace, Sean Connery and Alex Trebek. Let's go over their lives, their greatest moments, and one of the greatest sketches involving the two. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbass of Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome to Dumbass of Talking Politics. Okay, um, there is a lot of news out there. There is a lot of news uh, that came out on Tuesday. You're hearing this on Wednesday because I lost my internet connection and I couldn't get this published on Tuesday. Uh, William Barr is starting an investigation to voter, voter fraud and irregularities. And basically, this isn't a big thing. Uh, the media is making it into a big thing, like he's a Trump sycophant and things like that. It, it really isn't. He's just saying, hey, let's let's take a look at this. A new vaccine by Pfizer has been found to eliminate 90% of the COVID virus. Uh, amazing that they came out with this a week after the election. Trump is wondering why they waited a week. Um, Democrats are trying to take credit for it. We're going to go over all this stuff. We need I need more information because this came out on Tuesday and you're listening to this on Wednesday. Fox News has lost all credibility along with the rest of the mainstream media. Now it's time to go into alternate media as far as I'm concerned. And I am not even watching Fox News except for Tucker, The Five, the Greg Gutfeld show. I, I, I'm done with Fox News. Finally, something really interesting. Blaze TV's, speaking of what I was talking about, Blaze TV's Louder with Crowder, which is basically an internet news source, sort of, beats CNN and Fox News with their coverage of the elections. Interesting. I think we need to talk about this. And I, I need to hear a little bit more. More on all this tomorrow. Uh, I, I'm not going to talk about it today. It's just not important. Because I think we need to talk about the real news. Sean Connery died. And I don't know. Sean Connery has done hundreds of movies I've I only like like four of them, but he was James Bond, and that was a big thing, and it's been lost because he died the week of the election. And I think we need to talk about Sean Connery, and his life. So let's go over Sean Connery, and I've got some of his greatest. I got one of his greatest moments in acting history. And then I'll tell you what I liked about him, and just, let's take a look at his life. Let's take a look at his movies. You tell me, what do you think? Make a comment on movies that you like with Sean Connery. So, let's let's talk about it. He Sean Connery, he was born as Thomas Sean Connery on August 25th, 1930, in Edinburgh, Scotland. He went by the name Sean well before his acting career. 
people called him Tammy and Tommy and things like that. But for the most part, he went by Sean with the family. His mother was Effie, and she was a cleaning woman. She was basically a maid. And his father was Joseph. He was a factory worker and a lorry driver. Now, if you don't know what a lorry driver is, it's a truck driver is basically what he was. Connery's first job was delivering milk, and he did that at the age of like 14. At 16, he joined the Royal Navy. He worked with an anti-aircraft team and was assigned to the HMS Formidable. He was discharged at 19 for medical reasons. He had, basically, he had an ulcer that was not going to go away, and so they just released him. Afterwards, he returned to a co-op, then worked as, among other things, a lorry driver, which is a truck driver, a lifeguard at a swimming pool, a laborer, an artist's model in Edinburgh, College of Art, and after a suggestion by a former uh, Mr. Scotland, Archie Brennan, a, a coffin polisher. This guy actually had to work in his life. This was not a guy who sat back and did nothing. This guy was polishing coffins, for Christ's sake. Connery was a huge bodybuilder. At age of 18, he started lifting weights. Uh, rumors had it that he won a tournament in 1953. Unfortunately, the records were sketchy. At first, they said he won a Mr. Universe contest, and then they found out that it was probably... I'm sorry, let's, let's go. He won a Mr. Universe contest in 1950, and the reality was it was 1953, and it was kind of a junior Mr. Universe. So he was probably pretty well built. Uh, but he, again, probably it was a little exaggerated on what he did. In 1951, Connery started acting at King's Theatre in a production of South Pacific in Edinburgh, Scotland. In 1954, he started a few productions in the Theatre of London. His career was growing. His bank account was not. He wasn't making any money. In 1950, he starred in his first film role in a movie called No Roadblock. In 1962, and by the way, I, I am skipping things. He starred in a ton of um, productions, uh, theater productions. But hey, I don't want to go over all that. We'd be here all day. In 1962, Sean Connery hit it big. He was selected to play James Bond. Now, he didn't want to do James Bond. He wasn't sure he wanted to do James Bond. But he thought, okay, you know, maybe, maybe he could hit it big. And he did. Between 1962 and 1971, he played in Bond films called Dr. No, From Russia with Love, Goldfinger, Thunderball, and You Only Live Twice. He did live, leave the series, but returned for the movies Diamonds Are Forever, and his final Bond film was Never Say Never Again. After Bond, he starred in Alfred Hitchcock's movie, Marnie, which I've never heard of and I never saw. 
Hitchcock wanted Connery to play North by Northwest and Notorious, but because those were special agents, that was the role they wanted he they wanted him to play. He thought he'd be typecast because of the Bond series, so he turned those down. I, it's kind of interesting. I don't know how. What would have happened to his career if he did play those? I mean, those were huge movies for for uh, Hitchcock. Um, in 1987, Connery won his first and only Oscar for Best Supporting Actor in the movie The Untouchables, which, by the way, happens to be my favorite movie, and we're going to actually play one of his, uh, we're going to play one of his scenes in that movie. It was a great movie. In 2006, he received the American Film Institute's Lifetime Achievement Award. There, he confirmed that he was retiring from acting saying, only idiots are now making films in Hollywood. Wow, uh, that's really embracing Hollywood. Connery was married twice. His first wife was Diane Silento. Uh, he married her in 1962 and divorced her in 1973. And his second wife was Michelle, oh, I'm going to mispronounce this, Roca Burn. I don't know, some French name. And he was married in 1975, and they were married till he died. He has a son, Jason Connery, from his first marriage. Connery died in his sleep on October 31st, 2020, in the Nassau, Bahamas. Now, there's a lots, lots of talk about Connery being in Nassau because he didn't pay his taxes. There was some tax evasion. Um... It, a lot of that stuff is in the air because Connery actually showed paperwork where he paid 3.2 million pounds to uh, England or Scotland or whoever. But who knows? We're not going to even talk about that because it's really not important. Now, I didn't see a lot of Sean Connery's movies. I was never a huge James Bond fan. And that's okay. I'm also not a Marvel or DC comic book fan movie fan and people think I'm nuts about this I've never been into hero movies um but I did see the untouchables the hunt for red october and indiana jones and the last crusade and I like those movies he was the first tier actor when he did the untouchables where he had won an academy award for best supporting actor in the movie Sean Connery plays Jimmy Malone, a policeman who has ethics and morality and will not take payments from the mob run by Al Capone, but does have the courage to go, but doesn't have the courage to go after the mob on his own. When Elliot Ness, who was actually investigating uh, Al Capone, says he wanted to go after Capone, but doesn't understand how to do it because Capone had so many guys paid off he actually comes to Malone and says you know how do I do this Malone knows and tells Ness that he's going to have to go beyond the law in order to accomplish his mission by the end of the movie Ness gets it and goes way beyond the law and if you've seen this movie you know what I'm talking about if you haven't you need to watch this movie this scene that I'm going to give you the audio to is when Ness and 
Malone are in a church and they're discussing what has to be done in order for Ness to actually capture Capone. And you see the cowardice, the fear. It may be not cowardice, but fear being accepted by Malone to do what he needs he knows is right. It's a fantastic scene. It's a powerful scene. And uh, let's listen to it. You said you wanted to know how to get Capone. Do you really want to get him? You see what I'm saying? What are you prepared to do? Everything within the law. And then what are you prepared to do? If you open the ball on these people, Mr. Nash, you must be prepared to go all the way. Because they won't give up the fight until one of you is dead. I want to get Capone. I don't know how to get him. Want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. And that's how you get Capone. Now, do you want to do that? Are you ready to do that? I'm making you a deal. Do you want this deal? I have sworn to put this man away with any and all legal means at my disposal, and I will do so. Well, the Lord hates a coward. Do you know what a blood oath is, Mr. Ness? Yes. Good. Because you just took one. This was a powerful scene. And the reason it was powerful is because Malone knew that Ness wasn't in on the whole thing. But he's willing to risk his life, risk his reputation, to actually do what he had to do to stop. He was hoping he could teach Ness enough to realize he's going to have to go beyond the law. And he acknowledged that he may not have done what he had to do because of cowardice. Now, Malone was never a coward, but the problem was he knew he couldn't win. It was an extremely powerful scene. Another powerful scene in the movie and is when Malone was shot by one of Capone's henchmen and he's dying. When Nest finds him, Malone is not concerned about himself, but he's concerned about getting Nest the information he needs to capture an important Capone accomplice. In his last breath, Malone says, what are you willing to do? And this, Malone was basically willing to go against caution and give up his life to get Capone. Ness gets it at that point, And he knows that he's going to have to bloody his hands to actually capture Capone. A very powerful, powerful scene. And we could talk about the how they directed it and things like that. Brian De Palma 
did this movie. It was fantastic. And I don't know. It, it was really a heartrending movie. If we talk about Hunt for Red October, which he plays, how a Scottish guy plays a Russian, I don't know. Hunt for Red October was a great, the movie was okay, but his acting was fantastic. And then Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I thought that was the funniest movie of the of the uh, of the Indiana Jones movies. I thought it was just a great movie. So um, I got on my website dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I've got a bunch of scenes, fantastic scenes. If you haven't seen The Untouchables, make an effort, buy it, rent it. You know, it, it, it's just a great movie. So, let's go on to Alex Trebek. In the in, little bit later, you're going to see why Alex Trebek and Sean Connery dying within an each, uh, within a week of each other is a big thing. It actually is really kind of odd. But, so, Alex Trebek, the host of Jeopardy, died this week. Um, let's talk about his life. It's a little shorter than Sean Connery, simply because he didn't quite do as much as Sean Connery, but it's still there. Trebek was born in Sudbury, Sunbury, Ontario, Canada, July 22nd, 1940. Uh, the, he was the son of George Trebek and who was a chef and had immigrated from Ukraine as a child and Lucille Lagasse. Uh, Franco Ontario, Ontarian, so she was actually Canadian. Uh, he grew up in bilingual French English household, so he spoke two languages. Trebek's first job when uh, was when he was thirteen. He was a bellhop at a hotel where his father actually worked as a chef. Trebek graduated from the University of Ottawa with a degree in philosophy in 1961. So you can tell right off the bat he has a degree in philosophy. The guy really doesn't have any career paths. <laughs> he just kind of picks something and, yeah, philosophy. You're not getting a lot of jobs with philosophy. Uh, while, at the while at a university student, he was a member of the English Debating Society. At the time, he was interested in a career in broadcast news. Before completing his degree, Trebek began a career in 1961 working for the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. According to Trebek, quote, I went to school in the mornings and the worked at nights. I did everything at one time, replacing every announcer in every possible job. He would eventually read the, the uh, CBC National Radio News and cover the range of special events for CBC. Uh, radio and CBC television, including curling and horse racing. So this guy was already, he was doing broadcast news, but he was doing just like garbage. Trebek's first hosting job was on a Canadian music program called Music Hop in 1963. In 1966, he hosted a high school quiz show called Reach for the Top. That was his first. In 1973, Trebek moved to the United States and worked for, the N for NBC 
as a host of a new game show, The Wizard of Odds. Odds, O-D-D-D-S. A year later, Trebek hosted a popular Merrill Heater Bob Quigley game show called High Rollers. You may remember this one. It was It's older, but it is there. Um, now, High Rollers was actually made into a more modern version. So it's not exactly the High Rollers you saw on TV, but it was there. He had two in, uh, he did this from 1974 to 76 and 78 to 80. And he accompanied a syndicated season in 75 through 76. So he actually worked for this for a little while. Trebek hosted the short-lived CBS game show, Double Dare. Uh, you probably remember that. Double Dare has some bad history. Uh, they actually had found cheating. So Double Dare was not the greatest. Uh, fortunately, it was well before Trebek. Uh, Trebek hosted it well before Double Dare got caught. Um, he worked for Merv Griffin and shot two pilots for a revival of Jeopardy because Jeopardy was there. And Jeopardy just never got it. Um, there was a friend that of Trebek's who actually was host who hosted Jeopardy, the revival of Jeopardy, and that friend declined to actually do the show. Uh, so Merv Griffin said, you know, hey, let's do this. Trebek began hosting in 1984 and remained a host until his death. His final episode, Hosting Jeopardy, aired on Christmas of 2020. Uh, I, well, his final episode of Jeopardy will air, excuse me, on Christmas Day on 2020. So it hasn't even been released yet. Trebek was married twice, and he has three children. He died on November 8, 2020, um, from complications of stage 4 pancreatic cancer, which, by the way, he announced on air on Jeopardy. Now, I've been watching Jeopardy since I was a kid. It was a favorite of the family. We actually used to keep our own scores, in our heads, of course. If someone got over $0, we were winners. That's how hard this game show was. And we were impressed when someone actually won money in this game show. Trebek was a stoic, friendly sort. He came across as quiet and reserved. He also came out as kind of, I don't know, arrogant? If someone gave a wrong answer, he could tear that person apart with a humorous quip that seems like nothing, but everyone knew it was insult. It was an insult to the contestant. But his father, his fatherly persona always softened the blow because he was older at that time. In this video clip, we're going to hear some of his best moments on Jeopardy. Listen and enjoy. 
I regrew this. This term for a long-handled gardening tool can also mean an immoral pleasure seeker. Ken. What's a hoe? No. <laughs> Whoa. They teach you that in school in Utah, huh, Al? What's a rake? A rake is right. I think it's very fun. It's called nerdcore hip-hop. It's Nerdcore hip-hop. Hip yes. People who identify as nerdy, rapping about the things they love, video games, science fiction, having a hard time meeting romantic partners, you know. <laughs> it's really catchy and fun. Losers, in other words. Well. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. Buy a chopper and have a doctor on speed dial, I guess, Mad City. Six foot, seven foot, eight foot bunch. Young money militia, and I am the commissioner. You don't want to start wheezy, cause the F is for finisher. Panda, 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 panda. They mad, they ain't famous. They mad, they still nameless. But we still hood famous. Yeah, we still hood famous. I was just getting into this rap thing. I'm not too good at it, but I was getting into it. If Andy yearns for Brenda, and Brenda cares about Charlene, who pines for Andy, the three of them form one of these. Kara. What is that, threesome? Mm, no. Roger. What is a love triangle? Yes, that's it. Kara <laughs> has obviously had much more experience than I. <laughs> Roughly half the size of Texas, it's the largest structure made by living creatures and can even be seen from space. What did you write down? What are those? <laughs> what is... What is you doing? What is you doing, baby? Is that what... Too live right now. What did you do, baby? Well, I'm responding incorrectly. And I'm going to lose $1,000. I'm going to run longer. And I could have cut this down by about a minute and a half. But I didn't want to get rid of the final Jeopardy music because this is something that people enjoy and it brings back memories. The next clip is probably the most touching clip in live television history. Trebek announced the day before that he had stage four pancreatic cancer, but he was going to beat it and continue doing the show. The news was devastating to a lot of people, including me. I couldn't believe it. A contestant named Drew Gower had no chance of winning. He was down by a lot. And this was the championship series. So these guys had already won a bunch of times. He gave Alex a special message during his final Jeopardy answer. Alex became very choked up. I would encourage you to actually watch the video. Go to dumbassetalkingpolitics.com or just go to YouTube. This is really a special moment. Listen. Which of these three players gets to come back in three days to play for a quarter million dollars? They're dealing with famous phrases and this clue. In the title of a groundbreaking 1890 expose of poverty in New York City slums, these three words follow how the. 30 seconds, good luck.
smiling. I like that. Let's take a look at your response. Did you come up with the right one? No? What is we love you? Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank you. <laughs> Cost you $19.95. You're left with five bucks. Okay. To this day, I still tear up over this. To be, for a man to be loved so much that someone will state it in the middle of a competition, even if he's going, even if he's going to lose, it takes a lot of heart. This will be a moment that is celebrated in television history, and it only cost Drove nineteen hundred and ninety-five dollars. It's just a fantastic. A fantastic moment. Now, Saturday Night Live, who I I used to love, I don't love them that much anymore, probably led to the honoring of these two greats. In one of the greatest coincidences, SNL offered the greatest honor to two great men that died within a week of each other. In the long, in a long, they did this in a long winning script. A running script, script, a skit, excuse me. Will Ferrell would play Alex Trebek, and an assorted number of actors would play Sean Connery in the, and in the skits that were so popular on SNL, they included it in their 40th year anniversary. Connery and Trebek hated each other, and it was absolutely hysterical. One of the things the skits made fun of was how dumb, either purposely or by accident, Sean Connery is. Watching this video from Austin Kellerman, this I got it on YouTube. Both men, here's a compilation of Sean Connery being dumb or just flat out insulting. Let's listen. Sean Connery. We meet again, you logger-headed, tickle-brained pumpkin. <laughs> I cut an album of filthy limericks just so I'd be eligible. There once was a man named Trebek who had the world's tiniest... Enough! Okay. <laughs> and the answer is, you usually drink water out of one of these. Sean Connery. A leather glove. <laughs> no, the answer was a glass. Then the day is mine. Let's take a look at the scores. Sean Connery has set a new Jeopardy record with negative $230,000. You think you're pretty smart, don't you, Trebek? What with your Dago mustache and your greasy hair? Look, what did I just say about ethnic slurs? And finally, with negative $130,000, Sean Connery is here yet again. I wouldn't miss it for the world, Trebek. I turned down Harry friggin' Potter for this. <laughs> Please, God, take me now. Just awesome. <laughs> but it gets better. The next recurring joke on these skits was when that was just hysterical was when Sean Connery made sexual references about Trebek's mother. These were great, especially with Will Ferrell 
Will Ferrell and his stoic responses to all of this stuff. And he was insulted, but he didn't want to show he was insulted because he's he's got to be he's got to be calm and cool and not lose his stuff with whatever answer a contestant gives, which is what he was like in real life. Will Ferrell played um, Alex Trebek perfectly. So listen to, <laughs> and this is from Alex Kellerman again on YouTube. Um, listen to Sean Connery, and I put that in air quotes, insulting Alex Trebek's mother. In last place, with negative $69, oh, brother, Sean Connery. Negative $69. Okay, that wasn't your score. Well, 69 is how I scored with your mother last night. Let's take a look at the score. Sean Connery currently sits at negative $3,000. And your mother currently sits on my face, Trebek. <laughs> Way too early for that. Way too early. This is the sound a doggy makes. Mr. Connery. Mool. No. Well, that's the sound your mother made last night. Okay, that's not necessary. Sean Connery. Can you repeat the question? Of Simon and Garfunkel, the one that is not Garfunkel. I Garfunkled your mother. Come on. Please. Uh, you were wrong, you Montebank. I pose a conundrum to you. A riddle, if you will. I don't want to hear it. What's the difference between you and a mallard with a cold? One's a sick duck. I can't remember how it ends, but your mother's a whore. <laughs> well, 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 Trebek. Fancy seeing you here. It's been a while. Not long enough. That's not what your mother said last night. Japan-U.S. relations. I have no idea what that category is doing up there. I had relations this morning, Trebek. Hope we didn't wake you. Your mother's a screamer. For your information, my mother's in a nursing home in Alberta, Canada. Oh, she was nursing it all right. Tom, let go of it. Let... No, not the jar. Let, let go... Let go of the pickle. But I, but I want a pickle. We, we can't keep playing if you don't let go of the pickle. That's what your mother said last night. The word cat is found under this letter in the dictionary. Sean Connery. I believe you'd find it in the R section. No, 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 not in the R's. Not in the R's? That's not what your mother said. <laughs> the answer is, this is the color of snow. Water's yellow. <laughs> Incorrect. Are you sure? I made some yesterday. Spelled your name in a snowbank. Of course, it was your mother's handwriting. Ah! Ah! She was holding the pen. So does he. Catch these men. Every answer is a person on the FBI's most wanted list. So let's just forget that category. I'm not pretty sure that that would not turn out well. 
I turned out your mother last night. <laughs> I'm ignoring you. It's a prison term. It means I've got her working as a prostitute in my employ. Finally, I, 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 I sorry, I listen to this stuff before I record it, and I just can't stop laughing. I know this is a longer episode, but it's more them talking than me. Um, is when Sean Connery would rearrange words for the topics in a rather dirty way. And uh, Alex Trebek would correct him or just shake his head. And Alex Trebek, of course, was Will Ferrell. But uh, it, these were absolutely funny. Um, all this comes from the same... It's Austin Kellerman from YouTube comes from the same thing. So <laughs> I don't even know how to introduce this stuff because it is so original. I don't e I don't even know what these guys think about when they come with come up with these topics and then make it so that they're dirty. So <laughs> listen to this one. It's great. Sean Connery, it's still your board. Uh, I'll take swords for 400. It's actually not swords. <laughs> sir. Mr. Connery, why don't you pick? <laughs> it looks like this is my lucky day. I'll take the rapists for 200. That's therapist. <laughs> Sean Connery, why don't you pick? Well, the game is afoot. I'll take anal bum cover for 7,000. <laughs> oh, that's an album cover, not anal bum cover. Sean Connery, just pick a category. I'll take horse semen for 800. Wait, what? Wait, where are you going? Go, what are you? She, whore, like your mother. Semen. <laughs> it's right there. I see it. I see it. Now, please. I can read Trebek. That says anal bum cover. I spent five years of my life trying to invent an anal bum cover. Failing to do so is my greatest regret. <laughs> you have led a horrifying life. You're bored. I'll take, I have a hard on for 600. Where did you get that magic marker? We frisked you in on the way in here. I didn't have it in my pocket. Oh, that's disgusting. Please. I bet if you frisked me, you would have found it. All right. That's, that's enough. You control the board. I'll take whore ads for 200. <laughs> it is, it is who reads. It's about books. It's, it's not whore ads. That's it, Connery. You're on a timeout. No, Sean Connery, would you pick a category? I'll take Catch the Seaman for 800. Uh, it's not Catch the Seaman. Is that what the mustache is for, Trebek? Why don't you pick a category? I'll take Latitz now for 800. That's let it snow. No, it's not. It's a French expression. Bonjour, mademoiselle. I'd like to see let it snow. <laughs>
Final Jeopardy was just as funny. I won't play any of these because most of them are sight gags. You know, they write in Final Jeopardy, they write the answer and they they write down how much they bet. Uh, but it, it was really great. Uh, this was what a time when you really should have watched Saturday Night Live because these guys were all funny. It was really a tribute to these guys. And I know a lot of people, oh, we can't play. I think one of the things SNL needs to do in the next couple of weeks is actually do one more Jeopardy episode with Sean Connery and Alex Trebek. And I think it would be an honor. We've lost a couple of icons over the last two weeks. But we've been so busy with this election thing and this election mess, we ignored it. And I just thought we should talk about them and not ignore this stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download and listen to this podcast on um, uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Attic, uh, Stitcher, and YouTube. You can visit my website. I've got a ton of stuff, uh, video and audio on the website for this podcast at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. (laughs) 